What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly movie review podcast. That's right, you are locked in and tuned in to the 3FN Podcast. Of course, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. This week, we are going to celebrate a 25th anniversary of one of the greatest sports to ever be played. That's right, 25th anniversary of the great basketball. But before we can get there, I'm your host, Rich, and the nerds are all here. First, we're going to start with the man who literally signed up for the basketball draft and found out that he was projected to be the number one draft pick. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you your newest member of the San Francisco Ferries, Ron. And they're stuck with me for a lifetime. <laughs> That's right, because they can't even trade you. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I'll be there, baby. I'll be there. Yes, and even if you stink it up after you were the number one pick, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Can't trade me. Can't trade you. Of course, the other nerd. He doesn't need an introduction yet. He has the longest introduction in all podcasting. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you hashtag Big Natty Cool, hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style, hashtag Challenge Accepted, hashtag Diesel Malenko, because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. He is the leader of the Minnows Gang and is your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. He's the man, the myth, and the legend rolled into one jolly old ginger bearded feller. I'm talking about diesel oh we are founding the bainbridge minnows the bainbridge minnows i like it i did you just chose bainbridge at at uh random yes you know you're not gonna hear any of this afton bullshit oh fuck afton <laughs> why don't we wouldn't it be better if we named well no you don't have to have the same letter i was gonna say we could find an m I, I was trying to in my head and i couldn't think of anything nearby the mahasset minnows that's on long island that's yeah, too far away uh I don't know. I don't know. The Montgomery. Montgomery. <laughs> Montgomery. Uh, well, we could take it over the border. The Montrose minnows. The Mount Rose roses. Ooh. <laughs> We're going to start our own basketball league, ladies and gentlemen. Well, with that, uh, you know, it's been a hell of a week. Gentlemen, you know how I like to start off. How's been the week, Ron? Uh, it's been actually pretty good. Can't complain too much. Our Wednesday group uh, met and had that encounter with the Black Dragon and... Yeah, we did the right thing. We ran like bitches. <laughs> there was no way of fighting it. No Leroy Jenkins no. in this motherfucker? Then you should have. Then the next encounter. Cowards. I, next encounter, I got knocked the fuck out again. <laughs> Cowards. <laughs> How many characters are you up to now? No, I'm still one. Oh, okay. I just I just got knocked the fuck out. Oh, so. okay. Oh, you didn't get, yeah. I thought you got killed again. No, 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 like, Damn. no. This one was just... I, I didn't die in this one. So uh, I only died you once. You didn't live either because you ran from that dragon. <laughs> we weren't supposed to fight that dragon. <laughs> you weren't living. That's not real living. <laughs> and so, you know, we're to the end of the sandbox part. So we're at a good point to uh, continue. We had to scout uh, the town that we're supposed to, or the city, uh, because it's all overrun. So that's where we left off. Unfortunately, we won't be meeting this week because they're going to Gen Con. Oh, nice. So they're, they're taking off on Wednesday. Give me some magic stuff. Magic stuff. Magic <laughs> stuff. Um, yeah, so are any of our minnows out there going to Gen Con? Because I know a couple of you are. Your your minnow father needs some uh, <laughs> magic stuff. So uh, so uh, over the weekend, had a family picnic get-together thing. I uh, had a couple members from out of town come back. Nice. So did that on Sunday because it rained on Saturday. My old partner for Tattoo Giant? Yes. It was, yeah. it was, it was at, her, at her place. Nice. So we uh, did all that, and you know, it was fun. It was good. Everybody, you know, all the important people showed up. Good. You know, and you know, it's you know, it's 
family stuff so after about 45 minutes i'm like okay i'm done <laughs> well <laughs> but, uh, it's it's just like they say it's family it's family but you know that was, it, it was you know fun fun enough uh then you know really not too much else you know uh did did break down and watch the meg and how glorious that movie really was <laughs> i mean you preparing for next week's 3fm movie club yeah, review the meg too can't wait i you know definitely enjoyed it thanks to you guys but uh you know other than that that's been that Diesel, how has been your week? It's been good. I didn't have as good as a week as Ron, where I got to meet Jonas for the first time in the Meg. <laughs> but I uh, had a busy weekend of just working here at Dragon Master Games. Uh, helped out Saturday during a pauper tournament that had a really good attendance. And then Sunday, while the owners were at the Sterling Renaissance Festival, I ran solo and surprisingly not a bad day. <laughs> you tried to lay down the law and the, the, <laughs> law, did not, the law did not win. <laughs> Oh, no, they shot the sheriff on that one. (laughs) (laughs) But they did not kill the deputy. Uh, Well, of course, as most people know, I was on vacation. I mean, I made a post about it. That's why, uh, for those of you who usually see a lot more of me on social media, and mind you, I do not a ton on social media, but, you know, we still do put things out. I was very quiet this week, but that's also because I was on family vacation. Uh, We went down to Virginia. We were in the Williamsburg area. uh, You know, went around Yorktown and stuff like that. Very good trip. Had a lot of fun with the family. Uh super hot though because obviously the entire nation was under a heat wave when i was in virginia the thursday when we went to bush gardens it was 93 degrees with a heat index of 104 and then uh, the very next day we decided to like be more low-key originally we were gonna go to the beach but it was 98 degrees with a heat index between 110 and 115 uh so it was uh going outside and then going into the air conditioning as quick as possible kind of day uh we salvaged that because on saturday we had a good trip back going to the turkey hill experience in allentown and doing a couple cool things down there so uh kudos i got some shake shack this week i've got some uh, golden corral in me i got some chick-fil-a because we don't have one by us <laughs> so basically I, I got a lot of stuff that we don't normally have wawa running running wild on everybody uh i was uh, my wawa Hello. rewards thank me for this trip outside of that I, it was a good trip and i'm uh, glad i'm uh, had a that with my family and i'm also glad that i'm back and also i got time in to watch basketball you know because obviously we're reviewing it here for this week's episode of the three fn podcast for the three fn movie club review so with that though i hope everybody at home had a great week last week i also hope you have a good week this week but before we can jump in and talk about uh you know the fun stuff we have to take care of paying some bills that's right it means we got some opening shameless plugs all right, and of course, if you would like to find out anything about the 3FN Podcast, it's simple. You go to 3FNPodcast.com. There you can find all the links to the social medias. You can find the Public link. You can find the Patreon link, patreon.com slash 3FN Podcast. For as little as $1 a month, you get a ton of extra bonus content, and you help support the show. While you're there, check out the pages for the 3FN Podcast, the 607TWS page, that's right, 607TWS, the wrestling show, the pro wrestling podcast I do with Ken M from the ODPH Podcast each and every week. Go check that out if you're a pro wrestling fan. You're definitely going to like it because we call it right down the middle. Also, while you're there, check out Friends of the Show because there's links to take you right over to ODPHpodcast.com and check them out because they're awesome and they're our 607 Podcast brothers. Also, while you're there, check out the musical directory where the bands who allow us to use their music so we don't get hit with those dreaded DMCAs are, including we're giving a big shout out to our friends, Shout at the Robots, whose song Fail Better is the song that you hear each and every week as the opening theme of the 3FN podcast. Also, while you're there, check out all the other great bands and remember to support all of them on Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp. Also, while you're there, check out the, uh, the sponsorship page. That is where the people who... Uh, 
donate stuff to us so we don't have to uh, give you guys commercials and go outside of places, but we're going to give them quick shout-outs here. First of all, Rex to Rods Auto Detailing. If you're in the 607 and you want to put the pride back in your ride, Diesel, who do you call for an appointment? 607-644-3389. Of course, Dubby Energy Drinks, the energy drink of the 3FN Podcast. Go to Dubby.gg, that's D-U-B-B-Y dot G-G. And at checkout, put in the promo code 3FNPOD, that's the number 3, F-N-P-O-D, for 10% off of every order. And, of course, our good friends over here at Dragon Master Games. For all your Magic the Gathering gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, dragonmastergames.com. And because we're so close, we got to push it big. Going down August 25th and 26th in Vernon, New York, at the Vernon Downs Casino, Sci-Fi Horror Fest 2023. There's going to be a lot of people there. Fullissa Rose will be there. Dave Sheridan will be there. Ken Foray will be there. Also, Diesel will be there. I will be there. Ron might even stop by. We'll have a lot of people there, so many vendors, and so much more. For all information on everybody that's going to be there, plus tickets and anything else you need to know, sci-fi-horrorfest.com. And of course, if you forget anything, all any of those links, just go to 3FNPodcast.com. The links are right there. Take you right on over to them. Easy peasy. Lemon squeezy. Well, that's going to do it for this week's opening plugs. And uh, Diesel, I believe these folks want you to take them to... Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome to Diesel's movie, Triple Stuff. We do have a very exciting box office. Uh, coming in at number five for its third week, pulling in $11 million, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part 1. I'm going to say with as big as the number one and two slide have been over the last couple of weeks, I'm surprised they're still making money, so kudos to them. Yeah. It, and in fact, like number five being in the double digits is still pretty impressive. Oh, that's, that's super impressive, yes. Asterix at number four, The Sound of Freedom <laughs> with another $12 million. <laughs> Astro Turf. Astro Turf. <laughs> Anyways, I, all joking aside, good on them. Uh, debuting in the number three spot, coming up against some heavy hitters, Disney's Haunted Mansion, only pulling in $24 million. That's got to be a disappointment. Yeah. Honestly, and I will say this, though. I feel bad for them. They should have seen that schedule. They should have seen, even if they didn't see it originally, once about a couple months ago, the Barbenheimer stuff started going out wild. They should have been like, yeah, we need to push that fucker back. I don't care what they use as an excuse. Besides, Haunted Mansion would have been a better movie to come out in October. Yeah, yeah, yeah without a doubt. Like, it might not be a Halloween movie, but treat it as a Halloween movie. But coming in at number two with $46 million, Oppenheimer. Nice. Not a big fall off. Less than half. Yep. Less than 50% of a fall off. Good job. And then in the number one spot for its second week, Pulling in $93 million domestically on its second week, Barbie. <laughs> well, we were kind of right and we were kind of wrong. Last week we predicted after our, the Barbie review, of course, if you haven't heard that, go back and listen to last week's ex- episode. Uh, we, we predicted that it wasn't going to be the big percentage drop-off some people thought because there was people saying that both of them were going to take a 60% or better drop-off. Yeah. We said, no, it's not going to be that. But we were kind of like, oh, Haunted Mansion will probably take up a share of the mountain. We thought that they wouldn't be maybe first. They, we thought they might be third, but we figured they'd take up 40 or 50 million and would cut into the profits. So we said that both the other, both Oppenheimer and Barbie would make around 60 million. Yeah. That was our guess. 
Uh, we were a little close for Oppenheimer because, you know, 48 to 60 is only 12 million. But woo. <laughs> Barbie, Barbie, 93 million. Barbie going strong. I think it's going to have another strong week this week. Probably this week will probably be like 50. I think this week it'll uh, run into a giant megalodon that might knock it down a little more. That's what I'm going to claim <laughs> if, if this movie can take number one. Go ahead, Diesel. What's upcoming in the box? All right. Coming out this week, we have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, Mutant Mayhem. If any movie's going to take down Barbie, it's actually going to be probably Mutant Mayhem. Let's be honest. Yeah. If any movie. I don't know. And it's starting tomorrow. It starts on a Wednesday. So it depends on how you want to go about it because we'll have the two different numbers because usually the number's only for the weekend. Yeah. And if there's a Wednesday, they add it on last Yeah, but there's some showings for tomorrow too, Tuesday. Oh, I know. That's why I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Tuesday's the preview now because the actual start date is Wednesday is what I, that's why I'm saying because Wednesday's the actual start date. They won't count that. They will only count on the weekend uh, Friday through Sunday. But and then they'll have a second number. Go ahead, Diesel. Sorry. And then the big hitter for this week, Meg to the Trench, starring Jason Statham. So this is the announcement uh, next week's three FN movie club review will be the Meg Two ha- uh, colon the Trench uh, because we've been on board with the Meg and uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Don't you fret. We are. Will, there will be a bonus review on Patreon for that this upcoming week as well. Also ahead, coming Diesel. out this week, Till Death Do Us Part and the Collective. Yes. Now the week after, what do we got coming out? All right. On August eleventh, we have. Jules, Go West, and The Last Voyage of the Demeter. And, of course, The Last Voyage of the Demeter will be the 3FM Movie Club review that week. Can't wait for that movie. That movie I've been waiting for a long time. I don't care if it's bad. I can't wait. Listen, I don't know if it can be bad. I mean, let's be honest. I don't think it can either. The chapter of the book of... Uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula yeah. that it comes from is, is phenomenal mm-hmm. and it just looks good from the yeah. trailer so I think they're going to do a very good job with it we're all kind of uh, anxious to see that movie so I cannot wait for that as well now that we've gotten through the box office diesel what is this week's top three your top three favorite fictional athletes alright so we had to, he, he had to go with the fictional athletes so I'm, I'm giving them the fictional athletes uh, my number three because this person is a real athlete but they were fictional in a movie, and that's why it's borderline. Go on, Michael Jordan, Space Jam. Okay. Michael I'll, Jordan can't leave level his arm out that far. I get you. Okay. So yeah. that's why I'm saying there's it's a on caveat. The board. There's a caveat, so it's on the. That's why I made it number three. Fuck him in the bowls. We love him in Space Jam. <laughs> that's right, the Toon Squad. And you, they got to take out those monsters. Damn it. Uh, and then you notice I didn't say LeBron in the uh, sequel or remake or whatever the fuck you want to call that, that atrocious. Uh, it wasn't good. The uh, second one. Uh, my number two is Jake Berman from Little Giants. That's right. It's the little nerdy kid that ends up winning the game. Uh, so Jake Berman is my number two. Oh, that movie's underrated. That movie is underrated. <laughs> and my number one technically wasn't a movie, but we usually let everything go out. But I'll hail the king of football, Al Bundy, is my number one married with children. Uh, Ron, what is your top three? <laughs> number three, going with uh, Sportsmaster from DC Comics. Okay, you know, I, I know I was looking. I had to make sure it was he did play. He played a couple of different teams. So. He played some minor leagues, but yeah. I, 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 uh, I, see, my number two, I'm going Johnny Lawrence, Karate Kid. That's true. Like, That's karate is a sport. And I hate to say it, number one. Al motherfucking Bundy, baby. Ooh, Al Bundy's County All Star. Okay, you have to go with Al Bundy. Al Bundy's got number one and two of us. Diesel. <laughs> is it going to be the sweep? We'll find out in a moment. All right. Coming in at number three, we got Shane Falco. Okay. You know, from a little movie called The Replacements. During this time of all these strikes going on, I figured we'd give some love to some scabs here and there. Oh, hi. <laughs> number two, we're going to go with the movie Warrior. We're going to go with Tommy Conlon. Okay. Okay. All right. And then number one. 
I can't do it. I can't join you guys on this one. <laughs> but you'll you'll enjoy this one. The Steeman, Willie Beeman. All right. Okay. Uh, there you go. All right. I got, I'll, I'll, any given Sunday, I will give you Steeman, Willie Beeman. But uh, I'm so upset that you're going out, Bundy. I, th- I, thought, I thought the joke was going to be Lucas. Oh, yeah. Well, that, was, that was a serve lob spike that he missed. Well, uh, speaking of uh, Diesel Mention Strikes, so before we get into the 3FM Movie Club, as we now move out of Diesel's Movie Triple Stuff, it is time for us to once again remind everybody that, yes, we are an independent podcast who does not take money from any studios or anybody else except for our patrons and our sponsors who have nothing to do with any kind of studios, movies, etc., etc. So, therefore, but we still, you know, therefore, we're not crossing any lines, but... We do stand in solidarity with those fine folks over at SAG and WGA. And if you would like to support them as well, we have the links to their donations in the liner notes for this show. So go check those out. And uh, if you have it in your heart uh, to go ahead and donate some money, because if this strike takes the long haul, there is a lot of people who do not have gigantic paychecks and uh, wallets that they can live off of. And so that's going to become very, very important in, in the near future as this continues on. So once again, donation links are in the liner notes for this show. Now, let's move on, because I do believe it is time for... Welcome to... 3 Movie Club. Refreshments are available in the lobby. And please, keep our theater clean by disposing of trash in specified containers. And remember, gift certificates are available for any special occasion. Enjoy the show. That is right, it is now time for the 3FN Movie Club Review. This week, we went back in the Wayback Machine. We went back to the year 1998. And we decided for its 25th anniversary, we would celebrate the movie Basketball. That's right, that is going to be the 3FN Movie Club Review. Real quick, before we get the review started, I want to lay down the ground rules for the 3FN movie club especially when we're doing an older film because we know we have two different rules for the older films and the newer films because the newer films we have a spoiler free and a spoiler full portion and end and there's because there's a break in the middle and the in the older films we don't do the break in the middle we do still separate it so anybody who's a new listener thank you for giving us a shot hopefully you enjoy uh so when we first start off we will get diesel's spoiler free synopsis of the movie we will then follow that up with the stats who made the movie who starred in the movie and then we will go into the full spoiler review. We'll give you one quick warning, but this movie is 25 years old. It is from 1998, so it's not like we're breaking any rules there. With that, uh, we'll after that we will give uh, we'll play the game to find out the scores from around the internet before giving our scores at the end. With that, though, uh, the only difference was the new movies. We have the break and we have a whole spoiler-free section. So, 25-year-old movie though. I don't think we're spoiling much. Also, this movie not really a spoiler movie. Yeah. More no. of it, it's a comedy. So, with that, after the ground rules are laid down, let's jump right in because Diesel. Man, I got a story to tell. Two friends create a hybrid game of baseball and basketball, which somehow turns into a national pastime. <laughs> will they sell out to the corporations or will they keep the game pure at heart? 
Of course, basketball, and this is going to be a fun one for everybody, <laughs> basketball was released on July 31st of 1998. As a matter of fact, we recorded the show on Monday, so, so today is Monday, July 31st, 2023. <laughs> so the day that we are recording this, mo- this, this review is legitimately the absolute date of the 25th anniversary <laughs> of basketball, just so everybody knows. Uh, the runtime of the movie was 103 minutes, budget for the film $25 million, and uh, this part is going to sting. There was no worldwide release, just domestic the box office for this movie you guys ready for this one was seven million dollars sounds about right however it did go on to have a life in the secondary market and become kind of a cult classic to some so uh that is why it is on the 25th anniversary docket all right now that we know the stats of the movie let's find out who made this movie who made this shit of course, this movie was directed by David Zucker. Uh, David Zucker's first movie that he ever directed was Airplane in 1980. Can you mm. believe that was his opening movie? Next, Ruthless People. He also directed nice. The Naked Gun and The Naked Gun Two and a Half. He would then go on to do My Boss's Daughter and Scary Movies Three through Five. So mm. Scary Movie Three, Four, Five. Yeah. So the lesser <laughs> of the scary movies. You got to be honest there. Uh, screenplay for this movie was also first writer was David Zucker which he wrote most of the movies that he directed but on top of those movies his first movie that he wrote and the first thing he did in Hollywood was he was the writer of the Kentucky Fried movie in 1977 which if you've never seen that is an amazing fucking comedy it is uh, like an anthology movie super good I would suggest going out of your way to see it Uh, it's very cringy humor though it's where National Lampoons and everything else was born out of pretty much Next up, though, he would also do another movie that he wrote that he, that he didn't direct, High School High, the okay. John Lovitz vehicle. Remember that movie? <laughs> yep. That's not going to be the first time, last time you hear that, by the way. Uh, next up, uh, Robert Lokash uh, was, the other, was another one of the writers. By the way, this has four writers. Uh, first movie that Robert Lokash wrote, CB4 in 1993. Love CB4. <laughs> he was the writer of Naked Gun 33 and a Third. Nice. So the worst of that line. <laughs> and uh, he was also the co-writer of High School High. <laughs> Next, Lewis Friedman, his first movie that he wrote, Basketball, in 1998. Mm-hmm. Uh, then uh, he wrote An American Carol and The Comedian with Robert De Niro in 2016. Right. Next up, Jeff Wright, whose also first movie written was Basketball in 1998. Uh, he would then go on to do, the only other movie he did was Subprime. He wrote a lot for award shows and roasts, though. Okay. Uh, Jeff Wright. Uh, unfortunately, Jeff Wright passed away on July 20th, 2020, at the age of 60. So, uh but a lot of works on roast and uh, a lot of the big like Oscars and stuff like that. He did a lot of that stuff. Next up, director of photography of this film, and uh, this guy did not do a ton, but it's going to be. He's got the the greatest one-two punch, and it literally was back to back. And I'll explain it in a minute. Steve Mason was the director of photography. The first movie he was the DP on was Highway One in 1977. He did a bunch of TV, a bunch of like shorts. Then he would come back to do two Wong Fu, thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. Nice. So, okay. Now, here comes the best one-two punch. He was the unfortunate director of photography for the terrible Rollerball remake. Oh, okay. Rollerball. <laughs> yeah, with but, um, O'Connor. Yes. But the very next movie that he was the director of photography for was the legendary movie Basic. Oh, oh nice. Sam Jackson yep. and uh, what's his name? John, John Travolta. Travolta. Yep. Yeah. 
So yeah, think about that. He went from rollerball, the lowest of lows, to basic, which is one of the best. Uh, hopefully, one day we will review. Actually, I should it's say one, one we of the best twist endings in an action movie. Absolutely. Next and finally in the Who Made It category, the composer of this film was Ira Newborn. Uh, by the way, he's going to get a lot of love because Ira Newborn has, has done shit that we all love, so I'm going to call him the legendary Ira Newborn. First movie that he was a composer for all night long in 1981. Then he would meet and join forces with a young up-and-coming writing director named John Hughes mm-hmm. because Ira Newborn would do the compo- compositions for 16 Candles, Weird Science, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Caddyshack 2, and Uncle Buck. Oh, nice. <laughs> Love it. And all those movies are John Hughes films. Yeah. Either yeah. wrote, or, wrote or directed or both. Next up, he was the guy who did the Naked Gun franchise, period. So all the composition for all of them, including when it was uh, Police Squad, the original TV yep. show, that was he did all of it. Uh, then we have Ace Ventura, The Jerky Boys, Okay. rats, The Late Shift, and High School High. Nice. <laughs> and so composed, he composed a lot of it. After that, he did a lot of TV shows and smaller roles. But some pretty impressive stuff from uh, one Iron Newborn. So the legendary Iron Newborn. Are you ready to talk about the actors? Because I am. For the love of God, will someone please punch me in the face so I can see some scars? Now, in a weird twist, the two main stars of this film had nothing to do with the writing had nothing to do with the production, <laughs> had nothing to do with creating, when they're most known for that. Yeah. So your stars of this movie, and I'm going to say them together because they basically did have the same lineage, is Trey Parker and Matt Stone playing Joe Cooper and Doug Reamer, respectively. Uh, both of them's first movie was Cannibal the Musical in 1993. Uh, of course, they were both in Orgasmo, and they were both in Team America. World, please. Last but not least... Uh, Trey Parker was in Despicable Me 3. Sorry, Despicable Me 3. I said that fucking weird. Uh, but Matt Stone was not. Uh, but let's be honest. What do we all know them for? They are the creators, voices, and inspiration for everything that it has become South Park. Yes. <laughs> so that is where they we know them from. That's, so that's why it's weird that they did not create this movie. Yeah. They did not write this movie. This is written by the people who basically were behind Naked Gun and starring them. <laughs> It feels like something that they would have wrote, though. Yeah, yeah, it definitely does, because, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there was some ad-libbing. Speaking of somebody who is very uh, very familiar with their movies, Dion Bakker plays Squeak Scolari. Of course, he also was in Cannibal the Musical for his first film in 1993, and he was also in Orgasmo. Yep. <laughs> uh, then they kind of split off because Galaxy Quest and, uh, most recently, Nightmare Alley in 2021. Oh, that's right. That was a big movie. He was in yeah. that. Uh, next up, and she was one of the hotties from the 90s, if we all remember. Yasmeen Bleeth played Jenna Reed. Uh, Baba in 1983 was her first movie. She was mostly on TV, most famous for Baywatch, obviously. Uh, she also was one of the Tool Time Girls after Pamela Anderson. Yeah. Uh, so she's been more famous on TV. But she did move it, do a movie in 2021 called Whack the Don. Uh, I'm also going to say, and I mean, I might gonna catch some heat here. Still an attractive woman, but I don't think she's as hot as, as many people thought. She's not. She's not as hot as Pamela Anderson was back in the day. Yeah, it was. It was a different time. She was. She was the it girl for a while, and doing the rewatch. And granted, her character wasn't made out to be the sex symbol. Yeah, kind of fell flat. <laughs> I'm also going to say she's not the hottest one in this movie because oh. the next star of this movie playing the role of Yvette Denslow 
is Jenny McCarthy. Yeah. Uh, Jenny McCarthy, uh, for her first movie, was Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead in 1995. She was in Scream 3. She was in Scary Movie 3. But she was known more as the uh, MTV girl. Yeah. Because yeah. she did a bunch of... She did Love Line. She did Singled Out. Singled Out. <laughs> she did a ton of shows for MTV. Uh, of course, later in life, she would then become known as the crazy anti-vaxxer. And, of course, she's now married to the less famous of the Wahlbergs. Whatever. <laughs> Donnie. Good old Donnie Wahlberg. Oh, call me Donnie. <laughs> <laughs> she couldn't land. She couldn't land Marky Mark. Anyways, uh, next up, the late great Ernest Bergnine plays Ted Denslow. Uh, I did not write down all of his stuff because let's be honest, he has over two hundred credits. But uh, first movie, uh, China Cor- Corsair in 1951. He was in the original Willard. He was in Convoy, The Black Hole from Disney, uh, Escape from New York. He was in Red later on in life. He died on July 8th, 2012, at the age of 95. One hell of a run. Uh, let's be honest, er- Ernest Borgnine is like that dude. Yeah, he's high Hollywood royalty. Oh, like, absolutely. Without a doubt. That's why we couldn't leave him off on that part. Now let's do some quick shout-outs to some people who were in uh, this movie that were pretty awesome. Uh, Robert Vaughn played Baxter Kane. Of course, uh, ba- he's he's not he's not somebody who's uh, afraid of being a villain. He's been a villain of most of his career. Uh, most famously, he was in Bullet, The Magnificent Seven, uh, The Towering Inferno, Superman 3, amongst other things. Unfortunately, he passed away on November 11th of 2016th at the age of uh, 83. Uh, but Robert Vaughn, super awesome. A lot of these people play themselves. Let's go through. Bob Costas on the call. <laughs> Al Michaels on the call with Bob Costas. Uh, we get this unsolved mystery stuff going on. So we <laughs> had Robert Stack as part of his basketball, which is awesome to see. Reggie Jackson makes an appearance. Mr. October himself. Uh, Dan Patrick and Kenny Maine. Both made uh, little appearances as themselves, as well as Tim McCarver and, of course, uh, Diesel's hero. Pat O'Brien. Yep. <laughs> you were excited to see him, weren't you? That was before all the stuff. Oh, yeah. Of course, also in this movie, we got to see the legendary Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And, of course, I forgot this was before he passed on. Dale Earnhardt was in this movie yep. yes, as was. a cab driver. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, we've got a, a, a quite a fucking list of people that was in this movie. Uh, of course, Diesel, you had to mark out because the real big fish, they were in this movie. I'm not going to take the time to <laughs> list off all 25 people in Real Big Fish, but uh, how excited were you to see the Real Big Fish? Real Big Fish, not just on the soundtrack, but actually in the movie made me so happy. I <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed that. So it moves it up a point for me right there. And we got one more, well, two more shout-outs. Famous for being the greatest house guest, if you will, of all time, Kato Kalen. Yep. And uh, you know what? We got to give it up for our good boy, Joey fucking Diaz. Joey, how excited were you to see Joey Coco Diaz in this movie, Diesel? Because I know you're a big Joey fan. Yeah, Joey Diaz is (laughs) always great. Uh, But there's so many more people in this movie, but uh, we don't have all day to count through. But great cast, funny-ass shit. Now it's time to kick it on over to the spoiler full review. So if you've never seen 1998's Basketball, this is your last chance to stop it. Watch it, then come back and listen to what we have to say. If you don't care, because you haven't seen it, or if you've already seen it, it's time to take that trip through memory lane. Let's hit that full review right now. Of course, I'm going to start off by saying that we never go through the full movie. We skip around a little bit because, A, our memories are fucking bad. Even though I only watched this movie 24 hours ago, my memory is still shit. Also, I like to just go to the fun parts anyways. And then we usually like to do our likes and dislikes before ending it. So, I will say, this movie opens... I forgot how this movie opens. It opens with the Mr. October. The three home run game yep. from the legendary Reggie Jackson in the 1977 World Series, I do believe no. it was, or was it 78? 
It was 77 or 78. I can't remember which year it was. I think it was like 80s. No, it wasn't. It was 77 or 88 or 78. That's when uh, that exactly, that's really happened. It was real yeah. life, except for the last part where our, our good friend Coop catches the, the, third, the third home run. That's when he hit three home runs in the World Series to win the Yankees. So uh, now that we've gone through that, we find out the sports have gone through a rough time, haven't they, Diesel? The sports have become player-oriented and showboating-oriented. 77. 77. Yeah, okay, so I was right the first yeah, time. No, I should have no, questioned myself. No, no, it's fine. I just had, I, I'm horrible at sports. I had to look it up. Yeah, that's, uh, thank you, but I should have questioned myself. But anyways, going back to the sports, Diesel. Which leads to the wonderful montage of, you know, the post-football touchdown entire team doing an Irish jig and dancing <laughs> with the referee. The river dance. <laughs> so good. But the sports become so showboaty and it's been bad for the sports because now nobody's, no one's paying attention. Because nobody and also can. the teams move all the time. Teams are moving all the time. Players are not loyal to their cities. And it's just corporate stadiums and just trying to get more money from the people. Which... That- kind of is real life <laughs> well i was gonna Pretty say when, when we get through this there's a lot of this things that go on in this movie that still uh, ring true today yeah. so 25 years later the same uh, messages get through so after we see that we even get a little tease of like football players playing baseball in full pads because there's nobody going to see the game so now they're doing hybrid games to try to like draw in both groups of fans so the baseball football match um mesh up was Phenomenal. <laughs> so we get to meet our uh, two adult now characters, Joe Cooper and Doug Reamer, and they're going to a party, and they got a case of beer. It looks like almost like a high school party, but you can tell both of them are, you know, at least in their late 20s. Yes. And when they knock on the door, it's opened by a father of a young girl they used to go to school with, only now everybody is adults and has jobs except for Coop and okay. Reamer. And they still act like they're in high school. And it is kind of embarrassing to everybody. And it leads to a, a good scene where they go up to what they believe is the girl's room. <laughs> and they're going through her panty drawer and even find a vibrator that Reamer proceeds to lick all over. <laughs> and we come to find out that that's her mother's drawer in her mother's room. And uh, yeah. I'm so jealous of you. <laughs> <laughs> the crude humor is definitely in this movie. <laughs> so two of the uh, uppity uppity people challenged them to a basketball game because they're outside just playing shooting around and they challenge them to a basketball game to try to put them out there and originally it's for 20 bucks and then Coop's like make it for 50 so then they're like how good could they be look at them and they look around and they're doing dunks and they're doing all sorts of stuff so on the fly Coop and Reamer decide oh we're not playing regular basketball no 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 we've been into the inner city is exactly (laughs) how they say it lately and they play this new game it's called basketball (laughs) And on the fly, they start, well, at first they start saying, well, you get a letter every time. And they're like, horse? No, not horse. Oh, no. And then they start thinking about, no, never mind. If you shoot from here, that's a single. If you shoot from here, that's a double. Shoot from here, that's a triple. Behind here is a home run. You have to score the most runs. Uh, Anything else is an out. A miss is an out. And after you score, whoever scores the most runs in nine innings wins the game. So like baseball. (laughs) So they proceed to beat these guys in a game they've made up. And then they continue to kind of flush this game out at home. And that's where we get introduced to Squeak, who is originally supposed there to turn off their heat and electricity yeah. <laughs> and gets attacked by the dog, which is hilarious. And then you he joins up. Yeah, he joins up with them and ends up moving in as they create this p- driveway phenomenon that's drawing in all these people. And at the end of the, the season, if you will, and somebody wins the championship, which ends up being what well, becomes the beers, they get approached 
by a billionaire, Mr. Denslow. And uh, Mr. Denslow offers to buy basketball. Start it up because he's like, people are tired of this. We'll make it so that the teams can't leave and the players can't leave and that, you know, the fans can, you know, have something to believe in. And I think it was funny because the line was made like the old, like, so they're like indentured servitudes. Yeah, like the good old days. <laughs> <laughs> so fast forward five years and basketball is here and we're at the Denslow Cup. We've got the felons, the Dallas felons taking on the Milwaukee beers. That is the team that Coop and Reamer are the stars of. And uh, at the end of the game, Mr. Denslow dies, which causes the psych out because now we have psych outs. So yes. basically you can tease and do whatever you want to the person shooting to get them to try to miss. And well, the, which just harkens crazy. back to the first game when uh, Reamer got the uh, mother's pube stuck in his mouth and caused the other guy to miss the throw. The birth of the psycho. Yes. <laughs> Although he was doing that, that was legit. Because everybody's like, stop doing that. He's like, I'm not. I got another oh, one. <laughs> so, yes, you can psych out your opponent and they get psyched out because Denslow's dying and Denslow's actually dying, choking on a hot dog. <laughs> so the felons win the Denslow Cup, which uh, we were led to, we don't know how many they've won before, but we're led to believe that they've won a few. And in the meantime, we find out that Denslow's wife, Yvette, is uh, should be getting over the team. So Kane, you know, the evil owner who wants to open it up so people can move the cities, move cities with their teams and trade players and, you know, corporate greed takes this as his opportunity. But there's a little problem because we get to the will, Diesel, and at the will reading, who ends up getting the beloved Milwaukee beers? Our, our beloved Coop gets the Milwaukee beers if and only if they can win the next season. Then it goes back to his wife. They have to win the Denslow Cup. If they do not win the Denslow Cup, then they, he cannot get it, and it reverses to Yvette. So Kane and Yvette are making all these plans, and then there's the underlying thing the rest of the movie where basically Kane is trying to have sex with Yvette, <laughs> like laying carpet. He talks about you know polishing the, the polishing his knobs, and uh, she takes it all literally. Yes. So that's the kind of running gag through the movie. When before this all happens, we find out that uh, Jenna, Yasmin Bleas character, is working for like basically Make a Wish, yes. and so they are at the games, and then they get season tickets. The Make a Wish people do, and so she starts having a thing with Coop, but Reamer thinks he's also got a chance. So that's leading to <laughs> weird. this weird like triangle of love, if you will. But it's not really a triangle; it's literally two people, and then Reamer's the wheel, but he doesn't know he's the wheel. He just shows up with some coffee and some lemon uh, poppy seed uh, biscuits or uh, muffins. What yes. do you mean I don't have a chance? <laughs> so, as we go on now, they start the new season and, of course, the beers are crushing it. They're making things happen. And then we meet a little boy, Joey. Ron, what happens with the little boy, Joey? He he, he wants uh, the, the sign of a, a ball, but he gets like knocked the fuck out because he's blind. No, no, no. That's no. the blind kid. No, oh. Joey is the one that's, uh, that has the terminal cancer. Oh, that's right. And he needs a liver transplant. And first of all, by the way, his first wishes are great. Like, I want to just uh, dump acid on everybody in a pool. Like, what? what? No, I don't think you're getting the point of this, kid. Oh, can't we just electrocute all these people? Like, I don't think you're getting the point. So finally, he's, he wants to spend a day and hang out with his favorite team, the Milwaukee Beers, which leads to them doing yard work, working on a car, eating unsanitary sandwiches with their greasy hands. And then when Jenna leaves... They take him to first a rub and tug parlor, <laughs> followed by a bar, 
where the kid that needs a liver transplant is getting wasted <laughs> with the beers. And then they realize, oh, shit, we have a game. We have a game, and Reamer keeps like, well, you know, he, he can definitely hit a home run for you. <laughs> he, he can definitely hit two home runs for you. Hell, he's he's Joe Cooper. He's Coop. He could definitely do three. <laughs> That's right. He keeps talking up. So... Of course, Joey's like, will you, Coop? Will you hit three home runs for me? Now, mind you, Coop can't see. So in the meantime, <laughs> Joey is going to have surgery, and Coop is them go to the game. And it leads to a fun moment where, like, they're getting ready to put young Joey out for his surgery, and they're like, my God, like, his sugar level's through the roof. So is it his sodium. And, man, why does he smell like tequila? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, somebody else makes a comment about how bad uh, Coop smells. Because at one point, Coop's only one for 11. Yeah. And uh, he d- ends up getting two home runs. And he's about to get the third home run. When what happens, Diesel? He gets psyched out and completely misses. And then they have to rush to the hospital because... Apparently, if you didn't get that third home run, <laughs> the kid's going to die. <laughs> Which leads to the thing where the kid is alive, and he's in recovery, but then they end up sitting on the uh, air hose to him. <laughs> then they end up kicking out the plug that makes it look like he's flatlined, so then they're hitting him with the paddles. <laughs> and Squeak's on, holding onto his foot and getting the, uh, the, the paddle shock as well. <laughs> and later on, we find out that it was blamed on terrorists. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, this part was a little you know slapsticky over the top. But it did still make me chuckle. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So now what ends up happening is uh, Kane needs to find a way to stop the momentum of the, Milwa- the Milwaukee beers. So finally what he realizes, he's on the board to the Make-A-Wish company. It's not called Make-A-Wish, but we're going to say it because that's what it is. That uh, Jenna works for and decides, oh, we're just going to pull the funding. So that loses her job. So after she's upset and they make the playoffs... And she's upset, and they thought that originally she's happy, but it come to find out it's because she's going to lose her job. Kane comes up with the idea, like, you guy, you boys can, uh, you know, sell uh, merchandise. Well, that's against the bylaws. Well, not if it goes to charity. I like that loophole. And before this, uh, Kane had gotten into the head of Reamer, and therefore they were all pissy with Coop. So Coop gave all of them a piece. Everybody that's a member of the beers has a piece of the team. So Reamer then makes this deal. And then becomes rich, and then is doing all these other things. But the whole plan all along, Diesel, is uh, what happens? What was the end game for Kane? He, he, he just wanted them not to play, to go at each other, so they would split up, essentially, and crumble at the last minute. But how does he try to blackmail them not to play? Because the place that he hooked them up with for the shirts was where... Uh, I fr- uh, Calcutta. Calcutta, but it was a child factory. Oh, child they, yeah. and they had the pictures, <laughs> yep. and they were going to release yep. it. But he wouldn't release the pictures if Reamer and Coop didn't play in the Denslow Cup. Yep, just don't show. <laughs> so, of course, in the meantime, Jenna also finds out that it's like child labor because she gets the pictures, and she can't believe it. She's so mad at Coop. And Coop is mad because he's like, I'm not even the one that made this deal, <laughs> and I don't want kids working for it. So, Coop disappears and goes to Calcutta. That's where we get the Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah. Where is <laughs> Coop? Coop? <laughs> we have no idea where he is. <laughs> so he goes over there, and he hires a whole adult staff that gets paid the right wages, because yep. we find that on the TV, right as Jenna does, and she makes her way to the big game at the Denslow Cup. But Reamer and Coop are still not getting along, even though they're playing in the big game. And it takes an incident with Squeaks on the balancing beam. 
to get them to come together. <laughs> After they've been down, it's now the top of the seventh. Or no, the bottom of the seventh, sorry, because it was seventh inning stretch. They're down 16-1, to one, and now they got to make the comeback. And they successfully get there, but in the, top of the, in the bottom of the ninth, with one out, they are still down by two runs. Yep. <laughs> runner on, on second and third, I believe. Yes, runner on second and third. <laughs> and Coop has the ball in his hand, and as he dribbles the ball, of course, it's the lazy boy ball. Lazy the original boy. ball. Gets it brought pops. back. Yep. It pops. It's this is the ball that he always shoots. And now he doesn't have it. He can't find a ball. There's a timeout because of malfunction. And he's trying to find a ball. And they're just like, just shoot any ball. But in the meantime, Jenna and the kids come with little Joey, who has made his own ball. Basketball. <laughs> and he gives the ball to Coop. And Coop goes to the line and he goes to shoot. And we saw this once before in the driveway. As he shoots, he misses. But. The other team's trying to get the double play to end the game. So they go for the rebound and put back. They miss. The second guy goes for the rebound and put back, and he misses. Now, since both of them miss, they can't go again. But you can only touch the ball twice to the rim to see if you can still get the home run. Reamer saves the day, throws the ball, hits the rim, and bounces off. And at the final dive, Coop gets the dive, and he throws it over his head. And it goes in for the beers to win the Denslow Cup. Of course, he ends up, uh, Coop gets the girl and Jenna. Reamer ends up getting Yvette because Yvette ends up seeing through Kane and all the despicableness. And Squeak gets his love. Squeak gets his love. Yes. Hey, he's, he's come and get your love. Come and get I your love. Know. I don't know. I don't know, man. She's pretty. I love everything about her. Her <laughs> eyes, her beautiful, beautiful hair. Hip. Her. She's got the most perfect <laughs> Adam's apple. <laughs> and then he continues barfing the can. Yep. So that is that's pretty much the rundown for basketball. So let's go to some likes and dislikes. So we'll start with the likes first. Diesel, I'll start with you. What are some of your likes from ba- basketball that we didn't mention during the run-through? All right, just some of the basic likes is just the premise of this movie and, like, how outlandish the world of sports has actually gotten yeah. and how corporate it has gotten and, you know, it's all about money and all that. And it was actually well more, like, I haven't watched this movie in probably 23 years. I was like, I forgot how like intelligent this movie actually was on top of all its crude humor and like slapstick stuff. Um, some of the little side stories with squeak were great. You know, don't call me bitch. Don't call me squeak. Those were entertaining. And Ernest Borgnine singing. I'm too sexy was probably (laughs) the highlight of the movie for me. That is, that is uh, will reading uh, tape. After he tells everybody to leave the room, but Coop, <laughs> remember that night in the hotel? <laughs> sing it with me now. <laughs> of course, everybody gets to see it. Uh, Ron, what were some of your likes? Uh, it's definitely, you can tell where a lot of the comedy came from, because it came from, you know, the Naked Gun movies, Airplane, and tight style movies, and all that stuff, because it, it is that crude humor. And it's fine, because it actually works in this movie, where it's not too overlandish or over the top. It's nothing horrible. It's just the humor that's there and it you know i forgot how funny this stuff was like i said i i honestly don't remember if i watched it when it first came out i don't know if i saw it later on or what but like i just like it was kind of newish for me so i was like oh all right cool you know because it's been that long i know i've seen it because i knew the base of of the movie but it was like i forgot the opening yeah forgot that it's sort of like trying to make it work but like the whole opening thing about the teams moving it's like hilarious when because they're just like oh uh, the Oakland Raiders moved to LA and then back to Oakland, and nobody seemed to notice. And they're like, <laughs> well, nobody seemed to know. N- nobody in LA seemed to notice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's just like they 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 had their points on for the whole part just to make just to make this thing why they made a hybrid game. Yeah, and it, it works. 
Yeah, it was like the uh, the U- the the New Orleans Jazz moved to Utah, yeah. where they don't like music. Yeah. The yeah. Minneapolis was, Lakers moved to Los Angeles, where there uh, is no, no lakes. lakes. The the Oilers moved to Indianapolis, to, where to, there is no oil. Yeah, it was it was kind yeah. of it was it was it was fun. So like, uh, I'm gonna shadow everything you guys said. I love the humor. I love that crude kind of sense of humor. It was a lot of fun. Uh, very slapsticky. I I dig that because this is the comedy. Uh, I also want to say the soundtrack to this movie is amazing. Uh, the score is good, but you know, add in the fact that you have the real big fish, a very young Smash Mouth yeah. before you know they were, you know, something else, if you will. Stuff uh, off of the Fushi Mang album. Uh, that album slaps. <laughs> so, so basically, it was a very, very interesting of uh, the sound. Lots of like punk and ska music, which I, I dug because uh, that's right up my alley. On top of all that, I got to say I, the one thing you guys didn't mention. I am, I love the the fucking messages in this movie. This movie actually has messages. Like there's a corporate greed message. There's a message about you know you know you know sticking up for yourself. There's a you know sticking to your you know convictions. There's believing in yourself. So there's this weird like messages throughout the movie in this fucking really you know dirty comedy movie and you still have some really good messages so i i I really did enjoy that especially the stuff about corporate greed and and the such it was very very good all right there's every oh sorry you got one more just the 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 ending where after you know the beers win we get the the debut of reggie uh reggie right there and gives him back the ball because you're gonna want this Oh, he gives them back the lazy boy. Somebody took it. Somebody took this. You're gonna want this one day. I got two out of my three home run balls, <laughs> but some little bastard ran off with the third. So it was an awkward moment. Then Coop turns around. And goes, Look, I don't have your ball, man. Which Reggie didn't think that he had your ball, even though you did. And whatever happened to that ball is a mystery of this movie. Yeah, yes. the, the best part is he's like when he says, "I don't know what happened to that ball." He's like, "Oh man, that sucks." When it's on his bed, it's on his coffee table. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, so, uh, I did enjoy that. I thought that was a really funny way to end the movie. That was. All right. So now, because there's likes, there's always dislikes. We'll start with Ron. What were some of your dislikes for basketball? The, it, it's stupid, but like the timing of stuff was just like the the outlandishness of it all. Where they're like, oh, they got to get to the to the sporting event. So they're they're in the you know all the kids are fitting in this little freaking cab you know i get it it's supposed to be funny but they're listening to this game and it's so bad but we have to get there just in time you know cliche on top of cliche but it's a comedy so you kind of gotta let it go uh so like the timing of some things were just like eh did you really need that or not but it's a comedy so i understand diesel any dislikes you want to add how some of the visual things in this movie were i get what they were trying to do and it was kind of funny but it was done horribly like the hot dog coming out of Denzler. Yeah. Yes, they kept going back in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it looked weird. It looked very weird. Some of the visual effects of this movie were very subpar, even for the time. And it's not a massive takeaway because it's just a, it's a comedy. But some of the stuff just looked a little off. And yeah, it, it kind of bothered me. <laughs> I can agree there. Don't uh, just a dislike out there. I will say that uh, this movie... It, in looking at it in 2023 eyes, there's definitely some things you're like, ooh. The San Francisco Ferries? Yeah, San Francisco <laughs> Ferries. And then, of course, the representation of the players on the team. Uh, the Renegades, the south of the board, you know, for, for Texas. And they're all considered to be, like, there's just a lot of, like, stereotypes, if you will. The, uh, I forget what town it was, but the Snitches? Yes. <laughs> uh, it was the New Jersey. New yeah, Jersey the Snitches. snitches. <laughs> or no, the New Jersey inf- uh, Informants. Informants. <laughs> and they were all Snitches. 
uh, you know, they had the San Francisco jailbirds or something like that. It was, it was, it was, it was crazy. Once again, I didn't get offended by anything, but it was, you know, when you're watching in 2023, I could understand if you showed this to somebody who's younger and they went, ooh, and cringed yeah. a little bit, I could get it. I personally wasn't offended, but then again, I don't get offended, but I could understand where some of that would rub somebody the wrong way. Didn't take me out of this movie. I just, I don't think you can make this movie now in 2023. I will say no. that. And that's the only really dislike I have. Does anybody have anything to add before we move forward? No. no. All right. Well, now that we've gone through the full review, we've given you our likes and dislikes. Before we can give you our scores, we got to find out what the scores are from around the internet. And there's only one way for us to do that. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. That's right, it's time to play the game. Ron is your two-time defending champion. Can Diesel take back the crown? Or will it be another week of Ron's dominance? The game is played simply. These two gentlemen are going to guess scores from around the internet. IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, and Google to be specific. Oh, Metacritic also to be specific. And the closest to the number without going over, or as it's known, Price is Right rules, will get the point. Three points win. Of course, the final question. That's the Google user's question always, which drives these gentlemen nuts. Uh, <laughs> If it is a tie and it needs to be decided because we don't do ties, it is just closest to the number because we don't do ties. Also, it could be worth two points if the ball gets dropped on any other question. Now that the rules are out of the way, Diesel, you are the challenger this week, so you get to go first. IMDb, using points out of 10, what <laughs> did they give basketball? <laughs> this is going to be a tough one. I'm going to hedge my bets to the low side, but I'm going to keep it towards the middle so I don't think you can just go one over me. 4.7. 4.7. Ron, your pick. I'll go 5. All right. 4.75. I'll give Ron gets the point. 6.5 out of 10. Ooh, okay, okay, okay. We got our baseline. All right. Ron, you get to go first here. Metacritic. Out of 100%, what did they give basketball? Let's see, I... Oh, critics. I know. Uh, Ooh. Love this is 52. You said 52? Yeah. Diesel. One dollar. <laughs> One dollar, Bob, against 52, and Diesel gets the point, 38%. Okay. Ooh, okay. I didn't know how low to go. <laughs> I was like, I'll go. I got you. That, it was a good day. I was, I was going to see where you win. Good thing you went One dollar. Next one up, we got Rotten Tomatoes critic score. Diesel, you go first. Out of 100%, what was the Rotten Tomatoes critic score? 40. Ronald. 41. Ooh, Ooh dick moves. Dick moves. <laughs> dick moves, and it pays off. Oh, nice. It was 41%. <laughs> right on. Oh, nice. Home run, baby. So Ron is up two to one, <laughs> but he's going up first here. Ron Tomatoes fan score out of 100%. What did they get? Basketball, Ron. 63. Diesel. <sighs> you got to block this one. You have to get this one. One dollar. <laughs> One dollar, Bob. Yeah, you probably got it. I went a high. And your winner, Ron. 74%. Ooh, okay. Fan score. Fans like this a lot better than critics. And uh, for funsies, because it's already been done, Google users out of 100% diesel. 84. 85. <laughs> uh, Diesel would have been closer, 66%. Oh, Jesus. Google what? users were low on this one. Oof. This is a cult classic. For some reason, Google users tend to cult classics. It tends to be lower. And if there's any controversy, yeah, any controversy at all, it tends to be lower. So just throwing that out there. 
Now that we've gotten the scores from around the internet, there's only one thing left to do, and that is to give you our scores. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, first we're gonna give you our nerd score, followed by my critic score. The nerd score is on the nerd scale, and of course, that nerd score is a recommendation score that is, we take our critic score and we mix it with an entertainment score, and that's what gives you the nerd score. And of course, that means that a movie could critically be lower, but be higher on the nerd scale because it's super entertaining and vice versa. The nerd scale only has five parts and five parts only, and they are such a one is no. That means the movie is terrible and you should never see it. A two means you've been warned. That means the movie isn't terrible, but it ain't good. So you've been warned never to see it. A three is, ah, it's good. These are average to good films. These are movies that if you see them, if they're on something, you're not gonna regret stopping and watching, but you probably will never watch them again. There's no need to add them to your collection or anything, but they weren't bad. You won't regret watching it once. A four is just take my money. These are the very good to great films. These are the movies that uh, you you can, if they're in a the theater, you're going to go see them. If they're re-released as part of an anniversary, you might go to see them in the theater. You might even add it to your collection because you might add it to your rotation. You might not, but if you see it, you're going to maybe see it a couple times in your life at least. Uh, but no matter what, it's you're willing to spend money on it and you really enjoyed it. And last but not least is the number five slot. And that, of course, is the rarefied air known as Certified Nerd. These are the movies that are legend, wait for it, Dairy. These are movies like Jaws, Jurassic Park. I know that we give those as the two, because I don't know anybody who hates those movies. That's why we always give that the, the top tier. Uh, but you know, these are movies that you're going to add to your collection. You're going to add them into a rotation. They're classic movies that anytime they're on, you're gonna stop and watch them. If they re-release them in the theaters, you're gonna go pay to see them. Like I said, they are certified nerd. Now that that's out of the way, Ronald, we're gonna start with you. What is your score for basketball? And why? This is going to be a four for me. Show me the money! It was like surprisingly as entertaining as it was back in the day. Like I said, I know I, I know I know I didn't watch it when in the theaters, but I like back then you know I didn't have a lot of extra cash, so it was like I can't remember if I saw it when I saw it, but I know I saw it because I remember the movie. Remember how it went? It could have been freaking Comedy Central after dark or something for all I know. Uh, but it it has if you like Airplane, Naked Gun. National Lampoon movie, you're gonna like this. It's basically what it is. I mean, it's all the writing style of all of them because that's what they did. It's it's a fun watch. It's a fun comedy. It's worth a watch. It's worth to have. Absolutely, Diesel. It is now time for your score and why. All right, we are joining Iran at the four mark. Show me the money. Originally, when I was gonna watch it, I was like, all right, this is gonna be a two or a three, but with the messages that it had and. The satire that it portrayed it actually like held up a lot better there are some parts of the movie that don't hold up politically correctness wise in today's eyes but it was still if you're if you like south park if you like that type of humor like this still fits and it still plays and like i said i think i probably would have wound up at a three but then i was thought real big fish smash mouth <laughs> would i buy a beer's jersey yes i would this gets a four so uh, before I get my score, I will say this. Uh, I agree with everything you guys have said so far because it is in that era. You also have to remember in 1998, South Park had taken the world by storm. <laughs> yes. Trey Parker and Matt Stone were n not even for being movie stars. The only real movie, I mean, some people remember Cannibal the Musical, but most people remembered Orgasmo that came out the year before. Yeah. And most of the reason people went to see that was also because South Park. Yeah. The, South Park, when it came out, was one of these juggernauts. The fact that now in 2023, it's still going strong 
just tells you that South yeah. Park is one of those juggernauts. Uh, I mean, hell, Trey Parker and Matt Stone have said numerous times that they hope they get canceled because they're, you know, they, they feel like they're going to run out of shit at some point, yeah. and yet they haven't. And then they've gone on to do other things like conquer the Tony Awards with Book of Mormon <laughs> and, and, and uh, so on and so forth. So you got to remember, in 1998, as big as South Park is today, it was that much bigger. And it was that dirty thing that people watched because nobody had ever seen anything like South Park yeah. in a cartoon form before. I mean, I remember everywhere you went, you saw, you know, Kenny, Dead Kenny's yeah. and Cartman's and everybody was enjoying. I mean, hell, in this movie, we even get the Cartman voice at yeah. one point in Juncture when he's making yeah. fun of one of the people. So it's kind of interesting that they even went there. So I remember seeing this movie in the theaters because all I knew and was it was South Park. And I had seen Orgasmo, but I'd seen that on HBO uh, previous to going to yeah. see this in the theaters. And I thought that was hilarious, too. If you've never seen that, eventually we will uh, probably make that happen here on one of its anniversaries. But it's a, it's, it's a fun watch and a fun time. And, but really, the South Park's what drove me in the door. Yeah. But then when you get in there and, you know, remembering back then, I remember liking it. Crude humor reminds you of South Park, reminds you of Airplane and yeah. Naked Gun movies because that's what, who created it. So you put those two minds together. And then watching it now in 2023 where you have to score. I went, as always, I'm like, fuck, it's not going to be as good as I remember. It's going to ruin the movie for me. But I sat there and watched it and went, you know what? This movie is as good as I remembered it. I liked the movie. The messaging in the movie that I might have missed when I was, you know, 15 years old, I definitely caught this time around. I thought that it was it was it was very good with the messaging, but on top of that, we have that dark, fucking dirty sense of humor. So just like you two gentlemen, I'm giving it a four. Show me the money! So it's fours all the way around. Just take my money, and on top of that, I'm giving it a seven out of ten for a comedy. That's pretty uh, <laughs> that, pretty that's, high. Yeah, there's there, I can't put it on. The whole thing when it came down to me deciding where I was going to give it as a critic score and the nerd scale came down to where would I put this in the echelon when I take my top tier comedies. Things like Cheech and Chong Up in Smoke. Things like This is the End, amongst other ones. When I take those top tier ones, where would I put this? Does it belong in that top tier? Not quite. But does it belong right below that? Absolutely. Hence the four, hence the seven out of ten. I enjoyed this movie. Once again, I would say the disclaimer is, if you find yourself sensitive to things these days, this is not the movie for you. But for those of us who like some uncomfortable comedy that's fucking dirty and hilarious, this is a great movie and a great throwback. So I think that's uh, pretty good. Everybody here agreed for, you know, it's not all the time that we get uh, all agreements. Two I'm weeks not, in a row. I'm not going to lie. I thought I was high. <laughs> two, I'm going to say two weeks like, in a row. Yeah. It was an enjoyable watch, actually. I'm like I was surprised how much I enjoyed yeah. watching it after all these years. Yeah, that's exactly the same. That's why I was like, oh, I'm like, I'm going to be high, but screw it. I don't care. <laughs> Absolutely. So four across the board for basketball. Go check it out if you haven't already. And remind yourself if you uh, watched it before. And once again, if you're not too sensitive to things, it's a good movie to catch up on and watch for the first time. Of course, if you would like to talk to us about the movie, because it's 25 years old, just do it. Hit us up on the social medias. Although you could do it privately in an email through the contact us on 3FNPodcast.com, but that's it. Go find out all that information. 3FNPodcast.com. Get those social medias. Make sure you're following us. Interact with us. On top of that, check out the Patreon. Check out the Tee Public. Check out everything else we have over there at 3FNPodcast.com. Ron, I believe you have some business to take care of. Four out of ten stars. Disappointing. I was very disappointed in this movie. The books are so incredible, and the movie had huge potential. Unfortunately, it was both too long and too short. I didn't feel like Diesel's killing me over there. <laughs> I didn't feel like the movie flowed together very well, and there was a lot cut out of the books. If they were going to cut out so much from the books, then they should have 
made a nice smooth movie that told the same story without trying to include things in the book that were cool. There was too much jumping from scene to scene and not enough plot. If you haven't read the book, the movie would make would not make much sense in the end. I think the books are great for people of all ages, but the movie is simply a kid's story. It just didn't come together the way it should have. Four out of ten stars. Disappointing. <laughs> Harry Potter just sucks, people. The paradox of it being both too long and yet too short <laughs> is <laughs> astounding me. And the fact that their complaint is the movie moves from scene to scene. Well, what movies that's how you tell a story. <laughs> I wonder if it's going to really blow their mind when they realize it moves from act to act. Too. <laughs> Better yet, I love how they're like, the movie is made for but, kids. So weren't the books. They had to defend themselves that the books were good for all ages. Yeah, and but, then say but, the movies but were for the kids. Book, but the books are made I, for kids. And you that. can defend the fact that you enjoy them as an adult. That's fine. I'm just saying, but they were made for children. So, yes, the movie would be made for children. The same people the books were made for. <laughs> is all I'm saying. I gotta also say this. I know the gimmick for Ron. And for those of you who might have never stayed to the end, Ron's gimmick at the end is to take a movie that is generally loved by everybody and then find that he doesn't like. And then find supporting arguments from people who shit on it in reviews, all right? And so that leads us to some fun ones over the time. However, I think in Harry Potter we have now hit the goal of really what's happening is people, A, don't know how to score things. No, no, people no. are giving it four out of tens and shitting all over. Yes. And two, we have the funniest reasons we've ever had for people not liking oh. movies in the last two months. Yes. Uh, we've had, and I quote, we've had somebody who did not enjoy their experience at Universal Parks in the Harry Potter land. Somehow that equated to bitching about the movie on Amazon. Uh, we've had... <laughs> We've had somebody who literally complained about the movies because the acting sucked, but then went over and put over the acting. The only person they didn't like was Daniel Radcliffe because he acted like a child when he was a child in a child's movie. As a child. <laughs> we now had somebody who said it was too long and too short. Uh, there's been a few others that I'm missing that we're, we've, like, every week I feel like there's a new one, and I'm, I'm happy that you're finding these ones because they're, they're the best ever because I'm just going, every week I'm like, what the fuck is their point? So we've more from just a movie you don't like that people love to actually like what the fuck are the people writing these reviews? Think? Yeah, well, that's like and like I said, the reviews in this are like I, I pretty much went through all the ones. There's really long ones. Yeah, I, I might I might I might have long. to cut I might have to cut them up or something. The two the two star ones there wasn't many. The three star I think were last. Now there's more four, but these should all be two more. one or twos. And I'm like, I'm waiting to get to the fives just to see if there's any complaints. Like, I haven't jumped up to fives yet because I, I don't try to go to five stars mm -hmm. when I'm bitch, but I, I'm going to have to restart. We got a few, one too many more <laughs> weeks on this. I might have to go into five reviews and see if there's anyone bitching. By the end of the year, you might be up to sevens. <laughs> I, I, the, and still I, bitching. I, if, if, I, if it happens, I'll find that hilarious. I know. Well, on top of that, we, we keep, you keep, the ones you're finding are just not like anything to do with the movie or <laughs> they're exactly what the movie was and people are complaining about it. Like literally somebody complained because there was wizarding in it. <laughs> this one the was, fucking wizarding world of Harry Potter. Yes. This one, it was more of like the, it didn't tell the story I wanted to tell. Yeah. There's a good story there, but, but I, only I can tell you what that story yeah. is. And it's like, no, 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 no. They did a fine job with this. It was a billion dollar franchise that but, spawned everything. 
yeah, they know what they're doing. But my favorite part was they were even like, well, the books were good, but they weren't great. So it's not like the movie, like like they kind of backtracked on everything. It was like, you know, the books are great, but, you know, I there, there was a better story you could have told on the screen. And some of the stuff in the movie was better than the book. And you're just like, what the fuck? It was too long and too short all at the same time. KM Baker 7. So I don't I that I'm going to assume female but I can't. I'm going to go well we don't assume anything. So whatever they identify <laughs> as is perfectly fine. Uh my my point of the matter is like it's kind of just weird to just like hear the 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 ramblings of some of these people. They're mad people. All I know is all these reviewers play for the Kansas City Karens. <laughs> <laughs> That's the new league in basketball. Well, that is going to do it for this week's edition of the 3FM podcast. Next week we will be back with a 3FN podcast review of the wonderful, the vivacious, the giant sequel to a, some of the greatest summer blockbuster of all time. That's right. The Meg 2, colon, The Trench. Next week's 3FN Movie Club review. Until then, for these two gentlemen and myself, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And most importantly, later, nerds. Later. Can you milk a shark? Harry Potter just sucks people.